0: Yeah. Yeah. Old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. Huh. I know you in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through, is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleeper, but a drink. Same without words is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. Don't work, don't eat Blackers don't get fed huh? Yeah, Jesus said He who puts his hands to the plow Looks back the same make fit Some of y'all ain't been in the just Five minutes and you about ready to quit I ain't mad at ya I'm just hitting you with the real huh? If you died for me I was still tripping Now how you think that make you feel Check this out these game This is deep huh? Some of y'all ain't sawin' nothing But your are trying tryin' to reach huh? But after him who's able To possess your father By his glory Struggle might be part of your testimony But it ain't the end of the story Now i point pointing this Was prophesied way back in the day Quiet, Sing your look right here And see if the church can. Late. I know
1: we can, make oh, it. we can make it I know good well, start work it He'll out, out. Can, yes, can, yes, out. Yes, yeah. yes, He'll work it out, work it out Yes, he can, yeah He'll work it out I
0: know we can make it We can make it I know good well, work it out yes he, can, yes, yes, he can, can. yes, he can, yes, he can, yeah So you're not slaves, a fiery prophet of the tribe you You say why you, but you sure say what would Jesus do? Why you asking if he ain't trying to do what he's saying, huh? He told you he was going to have tribulations, but you thought he was playing, huh? One minute you tell her how good God is and can't nobody beat the talk. The next minute you back fight so fast, i like you're moonwalking, huh? Oh, yeah, I'm it to myself because I ain't no better, It ain't like I've been following his every word, obeying it to the letter. But so we told us we got to remember that, regroup, stay on point, hey, yeah. Bow down, confess, repent, stay humble, let him annoy, huh? It ain't easy as I thought it was, I'd be lying if I told you that. But it showed up getting better all the time, trust me, that's the fact. Ain't never we going through the can't be handled. God put that on his tongue. Like they said you can shout now if you want to, Cause the battle's already won. So while you're going through the valley, don't even show You're gonna be on top. in the hook line no more games. This time you don't stop. I know we can
2: I had to give a little bit to my man big boy upstairs you know my God, hope it is yours because we got a lot of ish going on right now in this country and uh it's my belief and I'm sure it is yours too that uh we're gonna be able to work this thing out hopefully um hopefully sooner than later boy because this stuff is getting worse and worse every day you know uh people losing their homes people are uh hungry and all this racial tension and animosity. And uh, I know God didn't intend for us to be like that. But anyway, you know, we're going to try to get into some of this stuff today to try to get to the, the bottom of what's really, 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 really going on in our society and uh, our democracy and our people. And uh, we're going to even talk a little bit about these politicians. I know you guys call them politicians, but I like to call them politicians. Cause they got tricks Anyway, today I guess is Mr. Uh, Tim Ward uh, That's going to be joining us here He's a co-author cool with another good friend of mine Dr. Gleb Taspersky And uh, we're going to be talking about how we could uh, uh, bring some changes about And how to better prepare you So today, like the show says, after the election How do we make truth matter once more? And everybody really want to know that Because don't nobody really believe nobody about it Nothing. So let me see if I guess with us. Mr. Ward, are you with us?
3: Lamont, I am here and really it's such a delight to uh, be with you this, uh, this this fine Sunday and with all of your listeners. And I got to say, I was really listening closely to the lyrics of that uh, that song you were playing just before we came on. And boy, it speaks a lot of truth.
2: Yes, sir. I know, I know we can make it some way, somehow, boy, because uh, failure is not an option. Is it Mr. Ward?
3: Well, how can you say it? Failure is not an option, but in anything worth doing, failure is a possibility.
2: Well, I'm not talking about the losers, Tim. I'm not talking about the losers. I'm <laughs> talking about the winners. Failure is not an option for the
1: winners. You know what I mean?
3: <laughs> That's right. But even, even sometimes when you won, it may seem like winning is not a sure thing. That's where we find ourselves today. There's so much misinformation being put out for some very high places. We have to stay on our toes.
2: Oh, absolutely. Because uh, common sense is no longer common, is it?
3: Yeah, that's true.
2: Well, uh, well, Tim. You know, I'm really, really excited to hear the topic of our show, man. Because, cause, man, like I was saying a moment ago, we have the politicians, and then we got the politicians, and now um, in our democracy, uh, I don't know, it's it, it's something really, really going on. So, I guess I'd like to start off by asking, uh, what is your take on this? What, what what do you feel like is really going on in our country today?
3: Well, I think this has been an incredible inflection point, and although indeed the election was closer than many people who voted for Biden wanted, it was still uh, a more resounding victory than the one that Donald Trump surprised the nation with four, four years ago, right? It looks like Biden not only won as many electoral college votes as Trump did in 2016, but he greatly increased the Democrats' um, popular, popular vote, too. So I think we need to take this not just as a victory, but also as a repudiation of some of the things that the current holder of the White House did. And for the sake of my partner, Gleb, and, and I in and the pro-truth movement, one of the biggest things is a repudiation of politics by lies. And it's been... For us, wh- horrific to see this president for the past four years lie and lie again and again and have his uh, fellow Republicans support the lies and then have huge numbers of people believe it's true simply because Trump has said it or has, has tweeted it. And our message is really clearly, we have got to bring truth back into politics. If you lose truth from political discourse, doesn't mean there's going to be attempts at lie. But if you lose truth, you go down a road to incompetence, corruption, and authoritarianism. And indeed, we've taken some serious steps down this road in the last four years. So we can't pretend this didn't happen. We have to walk it back, figure out what went wrong, and find ways to strengthen our systems to punish liars and make truth matter.
2: Well, let me ask you a question. How do you, how do you with, with that, I mean, that's definitely a great plan, but... How do you plan on touching these people to to change their mindset, their mentality? I mean, we're looking at our president. We know who he is. We know how he is. We know how he's always been, and that's just who he is. At least he hasn't changed. But the people that are following him, what do you say about those people?
3: Well, you know, I think – Trump expressed things for them that resonated with their, their deepest fears. And in as much as that resonated, they were ready to let go of facts and accept alternative facts. Even if it was demonstrably not true, their ability to accept those things was almost like a sign of, of loyalty, right? like it became our side versus the other side, as opposed to, well, what's true, and how can we work together? If you lose a sense of truth, you lose the ability of democracy to function. You know, the founders of the, the US Constitution didn't say the winner gets everything, right? The whole system was set up for compromise, but compromise only works if you can agree on a common set of facts, right? You know, right back to the American Revolution, people had to agree that the British were coming, you know they wanted to be free of the, the 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 British there were there were things that they could agree on even though they were quite different it's no different today there are things that we need to agree on we need to agree that we're in the middle of a pandemic that it's killing people we need to agree that the uh, there's an economic recession people are losing their jobs they're losing their um their uh their their apartments they're uh they're having trouble feeding their families right we we need to Except that these are facts, then people with different political views can talk about, well, how do we solve these things? So you can get compromised. But if one side is saying the pandemic's a hoax or it's going away even as cases are spiking, you can't actually have democracy function. You just have people each shouting the facts that they've been told by their political leaders. That's really not going to lead to democracy. That's going to lead to a breakdown where the sides with the best liars wins. So this is our real message, that, uh, that valuing the truth is central to democracy. And we need to now figure out how to reach all of those people who are ready to let go of the easy-to-discern truth and believe Trump and convince them that that was not a healthy path. That's the real challenge ahead.
2: Well, that's a major challenge ahead, boy, because, <clears throat> I don't know, stupidity is a lot easier to deal with ignorance.
3: <laughs> well, yeah um, You know um, I do believe that You you can take a common sense Approach with, with people It doesn't always work But when I've talked to people uh, in, Including, um, you know, podcasters And radio hosts and, and journalists Who are fairly far to the right Believe me, I've spoken to people All across the spectrum on this One of the things that I say that seems to resonate is, you know, we all know in our own lives that lying is bad, right? If you had a business partner and you knew that person was lying to you about the state of your business, you'd find a way to get out of that partnership. If you had a doctor who you felt was lying to you about your test results, you would fire that person as your doctor and if your spouse you found evidence that they were lying about important things like fidelity and money and uh and and and, and things like that you know you'd be on the path for counseling if not divorce so we know in our personal lives you can't trust somebody who's going to tell you lies and yet people seem to accept oh politicians they all lie uh they're all a bunch of liars so first of all i don't really believe that's true but second of all We forget it's up to us to hold our political leaders accountable. If we let them lie and let them get away with it, well, they're trying to get elected, and they may continue to just tell us whatever they think we want to hear. So this is where it comes back to people. We have to be better at holding our political leaders accountable.
2: Wow. That is a major, major challenge right there because I say again, common sense is not common. You would have to have mm. some level of common sense in order to get to that place that you're trying to take them in. because it seems like without that, they're still going to be gullible and they're still going to believe whatever somebody tells them.
3: Right. Well, I mean, you know, and, and in truth, we all have that tendency, right? We all um, find people we admire and respect and we all tend to hear those people as being truthful, even if they're not. I mean, this is why you, you can have people dressed in lab coats on TV uh, saying they're doctors and so chew this kind of gum, <laughs> right? Or, right? I've cured uh, 300 uh,
2: people with hydrochloroquine. Uh, uh,
3: right. Exactly, exactly. So you, you put in a white lab coat, or if they actually are a doctor, we tend to believe that authorities are more likely to be truthful with us. In fact, it's something we detail in our book. It's called the halo effect. People who seem to have expertise in one area or authority in one area, we tend to think that gets extended to other places too. That's why movie stars will tell us what to think politically, and we're like, ooh, Brad Pitt says this. Ooh, um, you know, Angelina Jolie says, says that. We pay attention. They happen to be beautiful. It doesn't necessarily mean they're smart. Not that they're, in those cases they're, they're not. But So you have to be very careful when you listen to an expert are they speaking as expert about what they're talking about? So when Dr. Anthony Fauci is talking about the pandemic, he's an expert, believe him. When a politician or even somebody who's a GP just treating their own patients says they know something, or this guy in the current administration who's a radiologist, when they speak about how to deal with epidemics, they're not experts. Listen to them with skepticism. That doesn't mean every expert is right, but you've got to be really good at discerning When is somebody speaking to their expertise and when are they not? But Now, I I want to get back to your big question, which common sense is not common. How do you speak to people who are, I would almost say, under the hypnotic spell of uh, the the current president to the extent where whatever he says, they are ready to take it as talking points? And I would simply say this. um, In the present moment, I think those of us who feel that our side won this election have to be humble and understanding that people on the losing side are still adjusting. And they've been used to having somebody who will tell them what they want to hear for four years. And now they're being told something they really don't want to hear. So just rubbing their nose in it it's probably not a good strategy to help people open their minds. That right. creates something that we call in the book the backfire effect. When you try to convince somebody they're wrong, you usually end up just having them more defensive about what they believe is true. So You've got to be very careful not to try to push people to accept things that they don't want to. Just plain doesn't work. Go, go ahead, Delamont.
2: No, I was just going to say, just as long as you don't tell people to go drink some Kool-Aid,
3: yeah, exactly. So you can't agree with them. You can't agree with them, but you can give them some space. I find in that, in that state, what's a good way to have a conversation is to put out a hypothetical question, a what-if question for them. So if you're meeting somebody who still believes, no, the election was rigged and, you know, the, 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 the recounts are going to show that Trump actually won by a massive lot, I think it would be fine to say, hmm. That's not what I'm reading, but I'm curious to know, what would it mean to you if after all of this is done, Biden is declared the winner? What would that mean to you? That allows them to consider it as a what-if scenario rather than forcing them to accept a fact. And maybe they'll say, well, you know, I'd feel that, you know, the last four years have been for nothing. And then you can just empathize with their emotions. Oh, man, I really feel how hard that would, would, would be. Um, because you know you might feel that that y- you weren't going to get the kind of government you wanted so far. So just emphasizing with people without buying into it is a, is a valuable skill. It can help people feel heard.
1: Hmm.
2: It's it's just uh, amazing the number of people that that that's. Uh... Supporting this guy You know He truly has The Pied Piper effect And you know It's kind of scary You know with, If you look at The number of uh, Division in this country
3: Yeah Yeah It it really is And um, It's been Scary for, um, for For me too And many of the people Who I I hang out with Not just because Of the Of the lies But also because Of the very dark And fearful vision Of America That the current inhabitant of the white house has tried to convince people is is true and that that darkness uh, is not how i see america at all and yet i've seen my friends who are trump supporters spend a lot of time talking about how the democrats hate this country Um, and that's been really disorienting for me the their the vision that they have then gotten from Trump is so distorted. I don't really recognize that that world that they seem to be living in. I don't think they started off that way. I think Trump has painted for them this dark vision, which has given them a place to direct their anger. Sadly, it's been against uh, uh, Democrats, minorities, and, and and immigrants. But that anger is something that's that's. It's real, and I do think all of us have to acknowledge uh, going forward. I don't think it's something that is necessarily justified, but it's it's also a reality. And maybe um, as we work our way forward in the next four years, we can listen better and understand to see if there's a place where that anger comes from, that we can match up the values of the current winning side with The values of those on the on the losing side they may feel the american dream is slipping away from them they may feel that their kids are going to have less of a good life than um than their parents were able to give them they may feel that the future is very uncertain well guess what a lot of americans who also voted for biden feel that way i think that conversations about values and what's behind our political leanings can often lead us to discover the places where we can say oh really that's how i see it too And if we can find those places at the deeper level we can connect, then there's at least some hope that we can begin to rebuild some bridges between um, the very polarized parts of the country.
2: How much do you feel like racism plays a part in all of this?
3: Oh, man, just a huge, a huge amount. Uh, Now, I have to say that's my impression. I can't share scientific data or Or research uh, but it's a palpable impression to to me and um, a painful one as as well to feel how this has been been sort of the the shadow that's really under undergirded the Republican Party's uh, throwing itself behind behind Trump Um, I'm poorly equipped to handle questions about racism um i
2: guess i guess i, I, I guess I, yeah i guess that was kind of unfair question to him because it kind of like it's kind of <laughs> near and dear to heart to me it's because as a a uh, young black man coming out of texas you know i had to drink in a colored fountain i had to sit up in the balcony oh my and god a movie. yeah and when i first came to california i was the only black child in a catholic school you know so you know i i felt it up close and personal then And then, you know, I'm looking at the news um, now, and I'm looking at the Proud Boys and uh, the Ku Klux Klan and the Aryan Brotherhood, and I'm looking at all that. And I'm not to say, you know, some similar stuff going on in in the black world as, as, as well. But uh, as a black man and my history and things that I was always told, we were always kind of downtrodden. You know what I mean? And it seemed yeah. like Donald Trump is, was able to reach out to those people and basically bring them outside. You know, It seemed like racism has always been there, but it's always kind of been in the house, if you know what I mean. But now yeah. it's like out in the, it's, it's out in the street. It's it's in your face, and you'd be like wow i mean are you serious is it is it really like that in this in this age i mean why you know i gotta yeah. dislike you because of the color of your skin and i found out there's good and bad everything i don't care what your color is you know if if <laughs> if you're not if you're a no good man you're just a no good man it doesn't matter your race you know so to yeah. me I, I, just yeah. know, I just don't get it but I seem like our current president, you know, like he, he relishes on those thoughts and, and that division, and I don't see how it could be helpful to anyone unless you're trying to uh, uh, do a self-destruct thing, like I referenced the Kool-Aid, you know, with Jim mm-hmm. Jones earlier. I mean, unless you just, if it's not your way, you're just going to destroy everything.
3: Yeah, I I, I got to say, I, I really I, I really hear you there and um, what you said about inside the house and outside of the house. I remember during the 2016 election, um, people would often say, well, you know what I like about Trump is he just speaks his mind. But behind that, there was this echo of Trump says out loud the sorts of racist and uh, anti-immigrant things that people have felt but they knew it was wrong to say it. And when Trump said it publicly, he, As you said so well, he brought it out of the house. He made it okay to think it, okay to have it be part of a march, okay to have it be expressed in, in other, other ways. And I think that, you, you know, in a sense, Trump is kind of like a poultice. He's sucked the poison out. He's brought it to the surface. But the purpose of a poultice isn't to, isn't to have it on the surface where it can fester. It's to clean it up and heal it. So, okay, so it's all sucked up to the surface. What the heck do we do with this? How do we begin to really address the, the, the racism that exists in this in this country? I do not have the answer to, to that, Lamont. But I can tell you, I'm really I'm really good friends with um, uh, a guy named uh, Chaz Howard, who is the chaplain at the University of um, Pennsylvania, in, uh, in Philadelphia. And he's writing right now a brilliant book called Reconstructing Blackness, which is his take on what the African-American community needs to do primarily for itself, but also for their white brothers and sisters to recognize the role that the, the white gaze has played in constructing with Blackness needs in America, and to help those of us who are not inside that community, but really believe passionately in in equality and brotherhood, you know, help us to see. Well, what can we do to not to no longer be the ones who construct Blackness, but to let Black people construct Blackness and then learn to respect that? <laughs> that's a huge job, but it's the job that's ahead for us.
2: Yeah, that is so, so very true Because uh, I've heard people tell me Well, you can just go back to Africa Well, guess what? I've never been to Africa My family hasn't been to Africa You know what I mean? And most Africans you talk mm-hmm. to A lot of them don't even respect uh, American blacks
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, And I'm like, I'm like wow uh, yeah. yeah, that's true Different, it's a different history, it's a different role. Um, uh, let me just add, I, I actually have been to Africa myself a couple of times. And I've had the experience of having everybody see me primarily as the color of my skin. And in some contexts, walking down you, you know, city streets in some places, I felt scared. Because I know people are looking at me and they're making judgments based on the color of my skin. Right. Now, Often that's not it's, a good. It's that's like, not a good
2: feeling, is it? It's <laughs> not a it's good
3: feeling. Not, but I tell you, it started to give me some sense of empathy.
2: <laughs> right. So, Tim, I don't know. Sound like we? I don't know. We didn't. I got a bunch of questions here for you. And I know we didn't touch on a lot of this stuff, so forgive me if I backtrack a little bit. But, um, sure. I want to jump back here on uh, the post-truth because um, I'm sure i got a complete understanding of that, and I definitely want our listeners yeah. to get a complete understanding of that. So talk to us a little bit about your book.
3: Sure. So the the book was born by, um, by Gleb Teperski and I in the wake of the 2016 election. We both felt that the country was heading down this very dangerous path. Now, I'm a former journalist and a communications expert, and my co-author is a cognitive neuroscientist. He studies the ways in which our brains can trick us. And we saw in Trump somebody who communicated to the media and the public in a way that used those tricks to mislead people. So we wrote this book. First, it's like a self-defense book. It teaches you to spot the kinds of lies the politicians tell, and to see them when they're incoming. Because once you've accepted a lie and you're starting to think, hmm, is that true or not? It's, in a sense, too late. It's gotten into your brain. So this book is primarily self-defense, jujitsu. How can you push back and not fall for the many kinds of lies that politicians try to tell us? And then from there, it goes beyond personally protecting yourself. But what can you do to protect your friends, your community? And There we primarily look at social media. And this is where the book is connected to something Gleb created called the Pro-Truth Pledge. This is a website that anybody who wants to can go to. It lists 12 truthful behaviors around discussing politics that anyone can sign. And you can click on it right there on the website, protruthpledge.org. Mostly what it does is it keeps you from spreading misinformation online. That's the big thing. Because we are too quick to click, repost, resend, and a lot of the stuff that feels true to us may actually be false. In fact, it's specifically tr- created by people who want to spread misinformation. Exactly so that we will repost it. It's not an is that accident fake? that misinformation is that fake? Is that, fake?
2: Is that fake news? Is that like posting fake news?
3: It's the actual fake news, right? (laughs) It's not the (laughs) real stuff that's called fake, but it is the factories that churn out misinformation. Really, the perfect comparison is you could think of of misinformation on the internet as like viruses that are constantly being created, and their purpose is to spread. But by spreading misinformation, they make us dumber, and they have us believe things that are false and harmful, like there's a cure for the virus, drink bleach or whatever, right? So misinformation not only can kill, but it has killed in this, in this pandemic. So if you simply do some simple things like fact-checking, like thinking twice before reposting things, uh, you can stop the spread of information, misinformation in your own network of friends and colleagues. That makes your own Internet bubble A little cleaner. Really, it's so much like this current pandemic. It's like wearing a mask. Don't breathe in the bad stuff. Don't breathe out the bad stuff. Filter with with skepticism whether or not something is true. Fact check it. Look at other sources. If it's from some place that you don't know, even if your best friend sent it to you, check the source. See whether or not it's reliable. Just by doing this, we can greatly clean up the internet on our own social webs. And as this movement spreads, it's like cleaning the city streets of litter. If more streets get clean, other people take pride in their streets, they clean it, they clean it too.
2: And that's so wonderful. We can get everybody to do that, but I'm, I'm still going to push this common sense thing. If you guys feel like you're lacking in some kind of way, educate yourself, you know, just don't trust everything that everybody say, because some people could be lying to you. And that's kind of like what we're talking absolutely, about Absolutely, right not only now.
3: some people could be, Not only could some people be, if you look at, look at stories on statistics about misinformation, not only is misinformation a good, like at least 50% of what you're, you're likely to come across online, but it's the stuff that gets retweeted the most. Why? Because misinformation is designed to be divisive, designed to affect your most hot emotions, your anger, your fear, right? So those very things have triggers. And when we get triggered, you know what? It's harder to think. It's easier to react. So the whole system is right now, the whole social media system is right now gamed to make us angry, fearful, and stupid. We've got to push back.
2: So, Tim, tell us about what what are some of the different kinds of uh, political lies that they're telling
3: Sure, you know, the, the the big one, and we have a whole chapter in the book just devoted to this, is called The Illusory Truth of Fact, The Illusion of Truth. And it's how politicians lie in such a way that people believe that what they've said is true. Right, this is the big one. And here's what happens. When you hear a statement for the first time, if it's new information, your brain has a little bit of difficulty processing it. What could that be? What, what does that really mean? But then the next time you hear it, your brain, it's a little easier for it to get the idea. The third time you hear it, it's like, oh yeah, that. And then it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that, that, that. So it's called processing fluency. And what it means is the more often we hear something, the more it appears to us to be true regardless of whether or not it is actually true. So classic example we talk about in the book, Trump in 2016 went on and on and on. Crooked Hillary, crooked Hillary, crooked Hillary. Every tweet, every time he spoke, he talked about crooked Hillary. The media always quoted him. Crooked Hillary said this. Crooked Hillary is going to do, do that. So the media amplified this notion that Hillary was crooked. I discovered that people who were quite middle of the road or independents, when I asked who they favored, they said, well, there's something about Hillary I just don't trust. I say, what? What is it? What is the thing that she's done? They couldn't put their finger on it. But that was the impression left in their mind. So just by repeating a lie so many times, people start to believe it. We're in the middle of this right now, Lamont. Trump has put out you know voter fraud i almost i'm skeptical. and i am only going to say that term once because even hearing <laughs> me you talk about it i heard you right, hesitate. right, right? so i have to trust yeah. your, your your listeners all the dukes got to like slap themselves in the face no that's a
1: lie that's a lie <laughs> the, <laughs> I heard the you more you say, hear it yeah.
3: the more plausible it becomes you might even not believe it was true but if you ask your if you ask your listeners um let's let's say um let's uh, say even f- five months ago, how likely do you think it will be that voter fraud could determine this election on a scale of one to 10? I'll bet you almost all of them would have said zero. It's just not going to happen. But now if you ask the same thing on the scale of one to 10, people who might have said zero back in, in July now might say uh, two. Why? Because the idea is out there because other people are saying, well, definitely this is voter fraud. And all the media is saying is that the V word. I'm going to call it the V word from now on. So it eats away at our sense of truth. And when leaders do that, it corrodes our sense of reality. And this isn't something that's brand new, right? Hitler and Mein Kampf wrote about exactly this thing. He said, you, when, he said about propaganda, you need to repeat an idea again and again and again until every person gets it clearly, right? So that's, that's one of the ways in which many Trump supporters fall prey to his lies. He repeats it. And then talking heads repeat it. And next thing you know, everybody on social media is repeating it.
1: Yeah, I was just
2: going to ask you, Tim, do you feel like uh, the media is a a willing or unwilling participant?
3: The media is is like that kid who just can't help himself and he eats the whole bowl of candies. (laughs) The media has very poor self-control. I say this as a former journalist with nothing but love and respect to my fellows, my fellows in that profession. But the truth is, you know, we go for the emotion. There's an old saying in the newsroom, if it bleeds, it leads, right? So, so wherever there's high emotional intensity, the media wants to report that. Trump's a master of that. He knows how to take a tweet make it vicious, make it outrageous, make it offensive. And the media then can't help themselves. They repeat it again and again and again. These days, the media is pretty good. They say, without evidence, President Trump said the V claim. But still, they're repeating it. They're yeah, making it but- easier for us to understand, hence easier for us to imagine it could be true. And they play and it over and e- you know,
2: the- over and over.
3: Exactly. So, I mean, Twitter's getting e- Twitter has the same thing right now, right? There's some tweets that now it's, it has uh, ahead of it, this, this is contains misleading information. That is not enough. Twitter needs to just, you know, shut it the heck down. They need to become accountable for allowing a lie to be spread to hundreds of millions of people. It's their platform. It's their duty not to let corrosive lies p- uh, populate.
2: I So, so agree with you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking with Mr. Tim Ward, uh, author of Pro-Truth, a practical plan for putting truth back into politics. Don't be shy if you have a question and like to join the conversation. Press number one on your phone and we'll be glad to let you in and entertain your questions because I know you probably got a thousand of them so you don't have to be shy so you can come on with them. Just press number one on your phone and we'll definitely let you join the, the conversation. Tim, that my next one for you is. and This is a good one because uh, Trump is a different breed of liar. But at least I respect mm-hmm. him for being who, for being who he is. Because, as far as I'm concerned, he's always been who he is. And there's no change. And um, at least if that's who you are, you can respect that. You know, you know not to turn your back. But uh, he's a different breed of liar. Are there any more out there like him?
3: Oh, I don't think there's anything unique about Trump, but he is rare. You know, I would say Vladimir Putin and Trump are very much kept from the same cloth, except Putin's tougher and meaner. Um, uh, uh, Erdogan, the uh, prime minister, prime minister of, uh, of Turkey, the same sort of thing. He's been able to lie, take over the media, and then and, and then really destroy a democracy. These are people who are better at this than than Trump. And they've actually turned their nations, what were once democracies, into authoritarian regimes, right? Um, And, you know, I I think you can also look to the leaders of the former Soviet Union and modern China as two far-left examples of political liars who will say what's expedient, not what's true. Um, And their political systems support the official line, not a search for truth. And we, we sadly saw this work itself out in, in China with the uh, the, uh, the coronavirus not being spoken about openly until it was too late.
2: Tell me, Tim, what's the difference between an authoritarian uh, regime and a dictatorship?
3: Mm, it's definitely on the same spectrum you can have an authoritarian regime which still has um, a House of Representatives or a parliament, but the parliament becomes more and more subservient to the authoritarian leader. A dictatorship, basically, those those institutions are done away with.
2: Got another question for you. If I created the game, if I created the game... And I also made the rules. How are you going to change it?
3: (laughs) Well, this is actually a fabulous way of framing it. Because the people who play the game are the citizens of the country. And the citizens of the country in a democracy like the United States have enough of a say that they can come together and say, we don't like this rule. It's time to change this rule. And so you even get amendments to the Constitution of the United States. You get things like the Civil Rights Act. When people come together and say, make this change, the political leaders do it. Okay. So if you're playing, if you're a player, if so I could put it, if I bring your show into this, if you're a player and you're playing the game. You're, you're a voter, you're a citizen who cares, you know, play it like your life depends on it. You know, find right. ways to get involved.
2: Well, that was a question that I always wanted. Don't let people tell want. you it's
3: not your game.
2: Yeah, well, that was a question I always wanted to answer, too, because it seemed like that's an ongoing question, because I know if I created the rules, if I if I created the game and I also made the rules, it's going to take hell and high water for, for me to change anything for you unless it's something that I want to do and I feel like it's totally beneficial for me. But I think we got a call ahead, Tim. Give me one second. Yeah. 702-358, you're on. Yeah, how you doing? Doing well. How are you uh, doing today? A... Good. I had a question for Tim.
1: I just was wondering his thoughts on uh, Trump. When it comes to January the 20th Do you think he's going to leave Or he's
2: just going to sneak out Or what's going to happen With that situation I know he's not going to concede But you know
1: Trying to figure out Is he going to hang around You know since you don't like to be
2: known As a loser Just wanted your thoughts on that
3: Yeah So if there's if there's one thing I'm certain about is that Trump is unpredictable and that whatever he does will be for maximum media coverage. (laughs) So within that, I'd say there's a couple of things. One could be, you know, he simply barricades himself inside the white house and forces a military confrontation, which he then rides to glory as the media covers it day and night and his supporters, you know, go, go crazy. So that's not impossible because it would be such a big media deal. Um, mm-hmm. The other possibility is he um, he leaves early. He goes to Mar a Lago, doesn't come back, doesn't come for the inauguration of Biden. He just checks out. And he he but he does that together with announcements, something like, "I'm making my stand here." Uh, although the the, the the office is being stolen from me, I'm going to carry on with my government in exile here in Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. equally. laughs> a, yeah. I don't want to give many yeah. ideas, yeah. right? Yeah. But, you know, those are just two scenarios. Right now we can sort of spitball different scenarios. There's the really scary one, which is that he may continue to uh, appoint more and more people in positions of military power and might try to stage... Some kind of actual coup that's not i think right beyond yeah. possible i think it's unlikely because i do trust the people uh in mm-hmm. the in the military that they wouldn't do something clearly traitorous clearly clearly treasonous mm-hmm. but you know if there's one thing that i have learned from trump is you can never pretend you know everything that's going to right going to happen If he's like a a real life game of survivor all in one man, right? (laughs) That's so true.
2: And it's all about power. It's all about power.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And and Lamont, if I could say one thing on that, it's all about a particular kind of power that Trump's been very clear about. It's about power over. It's about power that only expresses itself when it's domination of one side by the other side. Hmm. But that's not what power was meant to be in a democracy, right? And it's not really what power is, you know, in in our families, in in our communities. You know, there's power for, there's power to, you know, educate a child. There's power to create a business that provides a service. There's power to bring a community together to solve a a, a problem So I reject the whole model of power That Trump power Has built his life around
2: I'm still scared mm-hmm. about his followers Boy, because those guys seem like They would follow him over a cliff
3: Yeah That's true And um, mm-hmm. They have um, Regular talking points Which keeps them from having to think things through They're told by him and by many other Republicans who will come out and speak it publicly. Mm -hmm. They're told what to believe uh, by Fox News. And for them, truth is the talking points. And it it worries me as somebody who believes that truth is very powerful to see people for whom truth just means the next play in the game, the next thing I have to spout until it's no longer real. And then I wait to find something new.
1: So
2: so, Tim, with, with, with your book, with your program, with your, your plan, um, how do you really think it's going to change people's behavior?
3: Well, um, I noticed that it changed my behavior. Um, my partner is the the one who created the Pro Truth Pledge. When I signed it myself, I noticed I was not, I was pro- I'm probably only reposting half as much stuff as I used to. And I do read it like to the end. <laughs> and if anything seems dubious, I would fact check it and make sure that the source is reliable. So I'm much more scrupulous about what I send to others. And Glenn, because he's a scientist, actually uh, has had other people than him do clinical tests, clinical trials to see whether or not signing the pledge changes people's behavior. And he has statistical evidence in these studies that it does. It makes them less inclined to spread misinformation. That's at least a good place to start, to become aware of misinformation and not spread it. You know, in some schools in other countries, they're teaching this. In Finland, there's a whole part of the curriculum is social media and misinformation. School kids are being taught this stuff. So that's one thing we can do, is really get on the ball and make it our personal responsibility. Share it with our friends. Share it with our families. This is what we can do Make sure misinformation does not have a hold on us, and not just Trump supporters, everybody, because you know just because Democrats are empowering them doesn't mean they're always going to lead with the truth. There's always the temptation to lie. We have to let them know. Nope, we don't accept that
2: I guess I got pay heve or- i'm I'm tired of people trying to tell telling me how much I got to pay for gas at the pump, and they never pay for gas themselves,
1: mm yeah you know, people yeah, making poli-
2: people making policy it's our government. a lot of our government officials they're making policy that affects your life directly when them they, they themselves have never dealt with those circumstances. They have no idea of those circumstances, but they're making policies that affect your life on a daily basis
3: yeah yeah and you know we can't say that Joe Biden's going to be different. But it is interesting sure. that Joe Biden is, I think, like the, the only member of the Senate who never went to an – that's probably not right, but he never went to an Ivy League college, right, like Harvard or something like that. He went to like a state, Delaware State or some, something like that. So he's somebody who's actually grown up more in real America than most people who've been political leaders. And I, and I think that connection to his roots may give him a better shot, no, from a – pro-truth point of view, man, it's going to be harder to hold accountable somebody you like. But that's really the job of any democracy is not to say, oh, this is our guy, so it doesn't matter if he's not truthful with us. So we have to be ready to hold the side that we, we like and they want to hold them accountable to make sure they're giving us the straight, the straight truth.
2: Unless you come out with the mentality that all politicians are liars, so they have to prove themselves first. And I was always taught, taught too that uh, trust is earned; it's not necessarily given.
3: Absolutely, I really agree with that. Trust is earned, and you know Biden's done a not bad job so far. But it's like it's like in a relationship, right? You know, you, you know you have to hold people accountable. If there's no accountability, it's hard to expect they're going to continue to be a, be their very best self. So. You know, now the, And the media, I think the media is likely to do a not bad job on that. I think they're still trying to figure out how do we do better at not getting conned into reporting misinformation. So I think we're going to see some changes in the, in the media.
2: So here's one that goes right on the tail end of that one. Don't all politicians lie, or how do we tell which one's lying and which one's not?
3: Well, I would say all politicians are tempted to lie. Because sometimes truth is inconvenient, right? Sometimes if you just say this about your opponent, it can create a mess for your opponent, right? Like Trump tried so hard to pin Biden to some sort of corruption on the part of his son and the whole Ukraine thing that he got impeached for. So there's that temptation to lie is there. And um, the easy thing to do is to, you know, have it negatively reported in the news. And frankly, this is how it used to be in American politics, right? Richard Nixon lied about Watergate and the cover-up bam, you had great reporting that exposed it. And he resigned because he knew he was going to be kicked out of office. The truth got Nixon kicked out of office, right? Um, Bill Clinton, he told, frankly, in comparison, a much smaller lie, but it was so distasteful that Al Gore, in the, in the subsequent election, he suffered for it, and he ended up losing. So we tend to, you know, we, we, we we have a history of punishing our politicians when they lie. We just need to get back to that. And I think at least this election did punish Trump for his lies. And I'm very proud of the country for that. It's a lot more complicated than that. But part of it was his form of post-truth politics did not win and his post-truth attempts to discredit the election is not winning. So I think we need to take these as real wins in the pro-truth movement. Um, And hold the incoming governments, hold all the senators to this higher standard. Now, one of the things I'm really proud about is the Pro-Truth Pledge itself has over a 1,000 elected officials who've signed it, who've made a public claim that they will not spread this information. They won't lie to the public, simply.
2: Did you send that that to Kelly McEnany?
3: (laughs) Well, she's not an elected public official, and... I won't even go, go down that particular rabbit <laughs> rabbit hole. But but I, I will say, and I'm really pleased with this, that, that that includes seven current seven members of the House of Representatives and it's bipartisan. Sure. Most of them are Democrats. So we had one Republican who last month um, signed signed the pledge. And we think this is fabulous. Truth is not yeah. partisan. And our book hey, I've been saying some fairly negative things about the current president. I've tried to keep it to measures of, of truth. But the reality is truth is bipartisan. It's transpartisan. In a democracy, both sides need to be held accountable for lies and to speak the truth.
2: Absolutely. I totally agree.
3: Hey, Lamont, I have another question for Tim.
2: Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, Tim, I just wanted to know your thoughts on uh, as far as some more of the Trump supporters uh, what do you think the Proud Boys are going to do uh, once he's out of office? Are they just going to go away, or uh,
3: what do you think they're going to do? I don't think they're going to go away. I think it was really um, really uh, 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 something to pay attention to, that the guy who's the leader of the Proud Boys, his name escapes me right now, but I'm sure you, you saw it. He came out within the last week and just admitted, I'm a fascist. Mm-hmm. Did you guys? Did you guys see that? Yeah. You know. So mm-hmm. some credit for him for trying to be more truthful, I suppose. Right. But right. hey, that also means somebody is so feeling. So has, the country has moved so much that somebody can come out and say that without being ashamed, without being afraid that right. his friends well, we, and community and, and everybody will reject, re- reject him for it. Right. So. Um, mm-hmm. But it's alarming. It's also alarming that the president would invoke an organization whose leader has now come out and publicly claimed that oh, that he's, they, a, he's a fascist.
2: Came, they so, came out of house. To I told you, they came out of their house. They're in the street now. They're out of yep. the daylight.
3: That's right. They're out of the house. Them. They are in the street. You can mm-hmm. see them now. Yeah. They're out of the
2: house. They're in the daylight. You can see who they are yeah. and... and They've always been there, and he just brought them out, and which is really um, I guess it's disturbing to to see it, but I guess in one sense in the other sense is, if you'd known it was always there, now it's out, it's more prominent, and then I guess you can kind of better deal with it because it's not hidden behind. exactly: doors, so. Exactly. Behind
3: the doors, Biden administration the, it, the Biden administration is not going to pretend that now it's all about healing and finding a way forward, right? These, these mm-hmm. wounds are open, and they have to be addressed. Correct. You're not going to heal by pretending fascists haven't marched Correct. in the street in this country, right? So, yeah, you know, not going to pretend that this past year's protests didn't happen. Those are facts. Right. Oh, th- these things are not going to go away. We've got to figure out how to deal with them. And I frankly don't know what that's going to lead to. I, my most optimistic self believes that a lot of the people who have put their energy towards fascism are deeply unhappy, and maybe they've just chosen to follow Trump because nobody else has been willing to address their unhappiness, and maybe a part of them is ready to say, "Yeah, you know, uh, demonizing immigrants and, and and people of color." Maybe that 's the way for me to get happy, but there might be another way, maybe if there 's another way for them to get happy might be through you know economic empowerment in their communities, actually having decent schools for their kids to go to, um, right. you know a feeling that the government actually cares about them and their their jobs and they 're not being left to rotten and and selling meth is the best way they can make <laughs> a living right You know people are deeply unhappy and they 're searching for solutions that are abhorrent. But maybe that's just a sign of their desperation, or maybe they can go either way well, Can we give them a choice Can, a choice? <laughs> can they find a choice well I,
2: yeah. well, I know most Americans are looking for a better way of life uh for themselves and for their children uh without a question yeah. just the the problem is how do how do we get there without uh stomping on somebody else or you know um putting yeah. somebody else down yeah. or get there?
3: Exactly, and you know the That's answer. God, the answer is That's really God. there. The answer, the answer is we have gone through in the last forty, fifty years this intense concentration of wealth, right? There's so much money in the hands of so few, and the rest of us are fighting over crumbs, um, right? Yes. You know, whole industries mm-hmm. are forming around serving millionaires and billionaires the luxuries that they that they, they, they most want. Um,
2: that's, that's totally amazing. Let me, Tim, through. let me jump in here right quick. Tim, we're down to the last minute or so to show, but I want you to quickly tell people to where to go get the book.
3: Yeah, it's super easy. Anywhere you can get a book online, Pro Truth is the name of the book. It will pop up quickly. You can also go to protruthpledge.org. Find out about the pledge, sign it, and you can see the book. It's it's all over the website too. It's easy to find there. Protect yourself against lies and misinformation. Get make truth matter. Share it with your your friends and social media, and join the movement for more truthful with each other. We're going to have a better democracy.
2: And that's fantastic, Tim. I de- definitely appreciate you coming through and chatting with us, man. And listen, I'm going to have you. I'm going to have. Uh, you and Gleb come back. and I think it will be fun for uh, all of us to be on the show at the same time so we can chat it up about this kind of stuff. So uh, I- I'd definitely like to see that happen if you could put that in your schedule sometime in the future.
3: I will. I'll, uh, I'll share it with Gleb too. It's been such a pleasure to be your guest.
2: Thank you so much for joining us, man. Enjoyed you immensely. And for those people who joined the, sh- joined the show lately, it'll be available worldwide. And the next minute or so, and if you have any trouble, ask your neighbor across the street, ask the guy that lives next door, ask the guy at the gas station, at the supermarket, so you have no excuse not to be able to hear the show. It's available everywhere. And you probably need to hear this stuff, and you can hear it in the privacy of your home, so you don't have to let us know that you're listening, but you definitely need to get the message because we have to make some changes. Definitely, and I thank you again for taking time out And joining us on this Sunday Where we know you could be someplace else Doing something else But this is probably the better place for you But we'll be back next week At the same time uh, Love you much, be safe And uh, keep it positive
0: Yeah, yeah, old school That's what I'm talking about Listen, this ain't for everybody some of y'all need to hear this. I know you're in the trenches fighting But check it out I'm going to put it down like this So I can help the saints understand hey, yeah. Everything you're going through Is all part of the master plan Or what? You thought cause you got saved Everything was going to be Peaches and cream You better wake up son Don't nothing come to a sleeper But I drink Think without words is dead Read your Bible You know what it says he who don't work, don't eat. Blackers don't get fed. Huh? Yeah, Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the pile looks back, to straight makes fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the just five minutes, and you about ready to quit. I ain't mad at ya, I'm just hitting you with the real. Huh? If you died for me, I was still tripping. Now, how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep. Huh? Some of y'all ain't sawin' nothing but your are studyin' tryin' to reach. Huh? But after him who's able to possess your father's by his glory, struggle might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now, the point that prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your look right here and see if the church can relate. I know we can play. Jesus do? Why you asking if he ain't trying to do what he's saying? Huh? He told you he was going to have tribulations, but you thought he was playing. Huh? One minute you tell her how good God is and can't nobody beat to talk. The next minute you back fight so fast, it's like you're moonwalking. Huh? Oh yeah, I bitched you to myself because I ain't no better. It ain't like I've been following his every word, obeying it to the letter. But we told us we got to remember that. Regroup, stay on point. Hey, yeah, bow down, confess, repent, stay humble, let him anoint. Huh? It ain't easy as I thought it was. I'd be lying if I told you that. But it's showing up getting better all the time. Trust me, that's the fact. Ain't never we going through that can't be handled. God put that on this thumb. Like they say, you can shout now if you walk to, cause the battle's already won. So while you're going through the valley, don't even trip. You going to be on top. Cry in the hook line no more again and you don't stop.